You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron. Now here's your host, Ethan Haristadulu. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I'm Ethan Haristadulu, and today, with just under a week to go until training camp officially kicks off for the United Football League, I am diving into my personal training camp preview. We'll talk a little bit about the coaching staffs that got released yesterday. On top of that, I have a positional battle for all eight teams within the league that I'm going to discuss with you all that I'm very much excited and looking forward to. So I invite you all to do the same in the comments section down below. Do you guys have thoughts on any of the coaches named for all eight of these teams? What is the position battle you are looking forward to the most going into training camp? And just overall, how excited are you that we are just over a month away from the UFL kicking off their inaugural season as a combined league between the USFL and XFL. But diving right in, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of everything, beginning with the USFL champions of last season. We're going to talk to Birmingham Stallions here. Skip Holtz is back as head coach. Zach Potter, general manager. Defensive coordinator is going to be John Chavis. Philip Montgomery is going to be co-offensive coordinator for the team. And then Chris Bunyal is for special teams. Now, let me say this. The Stallions have been a unit the last couple of seasons, and I really do not expect to see much different from them going into year number three, even within this combined league now of the UFL. But the position group that I am looking at, that I am most excited to see pan out during training camp and who winds up getting the start in week number one, has got to be the battle within the cornerback room. This room is set to look very impressive, if you ask me based off of who's back and also who got added to the roster this past offseason during the drafts that the UFL held. I'll say this, Lorenzo Burns returning from last year, not really surprised. Dude was a stud, but it's the big additions that are going to make this potentially the most vaunted secondary in the UFL. They went and added Channing Stribling, who led the league in interceptions just a couple of years ago in the USFL from the Philadelphia Stars. They added Mark Gilbert, who was a shutdown corner for the Pittsburgh Ballers en route to their championship appearance against the Stallions last season. And on top of that, they went and got Neville Clark, who was arguably the best cornerback on the New Orleans Breakers last year as well. On top of that, you have guys like Ike Brown, Bubba Bolden, Terrell Bonds. I mean, there is a very deep group that this coaching staff is going to need to sort through, and I am very much looking forward to this unit. I would not be shocked if this team winds up leading the league and maybe passes defense and turnovers forced comes year end. You have so much talent just with the top four guys I mentioned with Burns returning in those three massive additions all guys who were difference makers on their team at some stage or another during the last couple years of the USFL every single quarterback in the UFL that is not on the Birmingham Stallions must take note when they are facing Birmingham this year because you have a completely stacked unit from top to bottom Next team we're going to look at here, we're going to swap on over to the XFL side of things, looking at the Arlington Renegades. Bob Stoops is back as head coach. Rick Mueller is their GM. Jay Hayes is the defensive coordinator. Chuck Long, offensive coordinator. And Scott Spurrier is handling the special teams. Now, for this team, what I'm really looking forward to and watching is going to be how the linebacking room shakes out for the Renegades here. This is an impressive group of talent that is assembled for the 2024 season. Guys like Don 
Donald Payne, who in 2022, yes, down year in 2023 in the XFL for him, but in 2022 with the Gamblers, my goodness, was the guy a unit. 117 tackles, six tackles for loss. He had two sacks, three interceptions, couple of pick sixes, a forced fumble. He was a defensive machine for the Gamblers in 2022. You also have a guy like Vic Beasley, who during the NFL accumulated 100 or during, I guess I should say during his time in the NFL, accumulating 160 tackles. He had 37 tackles for loss, 37 and a half sacks. I believe he had a, his best season was 15 and a half sacks in a singular season. If Vic Beasley can recapture some of that form and compete at the highest of level he's capable of, this is a huge piece to that defense. On top of that, you have someone like Christian Sam, who when he was in Arizona State, he ended up being a sixth round draft pick to the Patriots, accumulated 240 tackles during his collegiate career. He had 17 for a loss, seven sacks, three interceptions, three forced fumbles. The guy knew how to make plays, whether he was stuffing the run, dropping back into coverage, a do-it-all type of guy. And then you have someone like Noah Taylor, 200 tackles himself during his collegiate career, 34 and a half tackles for loss, 16 sacks, a guy who can get into the backfield and disrupt plays. He can drop back. He had 12 pass breakups, three interceptions on top of it. Not to mention, you also have guys like Willie Taylor, Story Jackson, Edmund Robinson, this is a group that has a lot of talent and I think is going to take some time to really shake out and see who's going to be the starting guys that will see the field first coming into week number one here, but nonetheless, a very exciting group to watch in my opinion. Next, we'll go ahead. We'll take a look at the DC defenders here, and this is one that I think is definitely worth talking about as far as position battles go, but head coach Reggie Barlow will be leading the way. GM Von Hutchins is your, oh, is your general manager there. I just said that. Fred uh, I believe it's Fred Kais, offensive coordinator, and then Greg Williams, defensive coordinator. That's an exciting one there. But tight end battle, that's what I'm going to be looking at here. When you look at the D.C. defenders offensively last season, we all know how great the defense was, and the offense was exciting to watch with Jordan Tayamu leading the way, but they were not known for having a very threatening tight end room. Ethan Wolf led the room with 106 yards and everyone else sat sub 100 yards total in 2023. Alex Ellis, and he's not even back, mind you, Ethan Wolf. Alex Ellis is the only tight end returning from last season for the team. Ben Bresnahan from Vanderbilt. He had a really strong 2020 campaign with the team. 28 receptions. He had 300 yards for touchdowns. Briley Moore McKinney during his 2020 season with Kansas State. 22 catches, 338 yards, 3 touchdowns is another guy on the roster as well. And then you have someone like Sean Beyer, who in my opinion, bit of a wild card for the tight end position, but he is listed as a tight end. He's 6'5", but only 210 pounds. This kind of reminds me of like the Cody Latimer situation last season as well with him making the swap over to the tight end position. Someone that I I long knew as a wide receiver from the NFL days. And then when I remember looking into him when I saw he was playing tight end, a little bit of a head scratcher, but it seemed to have worked out really well. So maybe that's the thought process there with Sean Byer is take a really tall big man, see if he can work out at the position. But overall, I think this is kind of a, a question mark here. I don't really know if there's anyone who stands out that you could sit here and say definitively, that's going to be the guy. I really think this is a position in DC that is very much up for the grabs and anyone can basically come away with a job whoever performs the best so everyone seems to have give or take either the size the power the intangibles or it's or maybe just like a, a season or two during their time within college that you know they really stood out and could be a difference maker but I look at these four guys and I don't really know who's going to come out the winner here. So this will be one that is very intriguing to me and one worth watching and listening in on as the training camp progresses to see who really stands out and winds up getting that tight end one spot within DC. 
Next, we'll focus on the Houston Roughnecks. Now, C.J. Johnson getting the head coaching gig there. Their general manager, Lionel Vital, Eric Price will be the offensive coordinator. Chris Wilson, defensive coordinator. And then Garrett, uh, I believe it's Chacheri. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce that. He's doing the special teams. Excuse me if I butchered that. Now, this one might seem like a done deal. You already know the case, but the more I look at it, the more I'm curious if it is as done of a deal as it might sound, and that's me looking at the running back room over there in Houston. Now, of course, Mark Thompson, the big name in the running back room there. TJ Pledger is going to be there. He was his backup in 2023. Obviously, we all know how good Mark Thompson was if you were a USFL person in only eight games last season, 650 five yards he had 14 rushing touchdowns averaging nearly five yards per carry but then you have someone like shamari jones in 2021 with coastal carolina in just 114 attempts he had 1040 yards 13 total touchdowns himself he averaged a whopping 6.5 yards per carry that is a monstrous number then of course tj pledger like i said the backup for mark thompson's in there you have ezra gray who didn't get a ton of looks last season but in the seven attempts he had averaged five yards per carry and then you have someone that in my opinion is kind of a bit of a wild card and someone worth looking into here in Tion Evans who in 2022 with Louisville had 83 rushes for a average of 6.3 yards per carry and six touchdowns himself listen Mark Thompson in my opinion probably going to be the guy but when I look at what Shamari Jones was able to do at Coastal Carolina and then again you look at the average of someone like Tion Evans when he was in Louisville is it as done of a deal as you might think I don't know, but it's definitely going to be an interesting group to watch. I think there's a lot of talent in that backfield, and I think the competition is going to be stiff. I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Thompson comes out winner just because of how good he was last season and what he showed he could do in the spring football league of the USFL, but... There's some competition there. There are guys chomping at the bit to get an opportunity. There are guys that have shown that they can be the lead back and produce some monstrous numbers here. So not as cut and dry as I think it might actually sound initially when you just say, well, Mark Thompson's in the backfield. It's in Houston. It's his team. He should be the one getting the snaps as running back one. Just slow it down a little bit. Let's see how it shakes out. Now, working through the second half of the league here, four teams down, we still got four to go. Next, we're going to be looking at the Memphis Showboats here, and I'm really excited to see how the Showboats do this season. John DiFilippo is going to be the head coach with Dennis Polian as the GM. Defensive coordinator is going to be Carnell Lake with Doug Martin as offensive coordinator, and Kirk Dahl is handling special teams. The thing that I am looking forward to the most for this team is what the quarterback battle is going to look like going into training camp here. You have, of course, Cole Kelly, who's returning, the starter from last season. He had 1,500 yards, seven passing touchdowns to eight interceptions, which was kind of his undoing last year. He did have a couple of rushing touchdowns as well. Your typical prototype, big-bodied type of quarterback. The dude is a mountain of a man. But then you also have two very exciting uh, exciting quarterbacks joining the roster this past offseason and we're talking Case Cookus of the Philadelphia Stars we're also talking about Troy Williams who stepped in for the Maulers last year and helped lead that team to a championship appearance against the Birmingham Stallions Case Cookus in his two seasons as a starter with the Philly Stars obviously you know a lot of people look at him as like the spring ball god 3,635 total passing yards he had 27 total touchdowns to 14 interceptions couple 
struggled with 510 yards rushing on the ground as well. Case Cookus was a star, no pun intended, on the Philadelphia Stars as the quarterback there. And I know he is a heavy favorite for a lot of people to secure that quarterback one job. So both these other quarterbacks have their work cut out for them. But then Troy Williams, like I said, a guy who got an opportunity a little bit later in the season and honestly helped carry the Pittsburgh Maulers into the playoffs there along with a vaunted defense that they had. In 2023, he totaled altogether passing and rushing 1,755 yards. He also had nine total touchdowns, only three interceptions, did a great job protecting the football, really opened up what the Pittsburgh Maulers could do offensively. And I know for a fact that both Doug Martin and John DeFilippo here are going to want to take their time and really figure out who allows this offense to really open up the playbook and keep defenses guessing. So yes, you probably have a heavy favorite in case Cook is here, but you never know how things could shake out here. Troy Williams maybe gets hot during training camp, surprises some people. What he can do with his legs and in the read option is something you cannot ignore here. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all shakes out because I think it's going to be one of the most intriguing battles of the training camp time from the end of February heading through those days of March. Next, we'll take a look at the Michigan Panthers here. Head coach Mike Nolan is back. General manager Steve Kazor with their defensive coordinator being Colin Bauer. Offensive coordinator is going to be Marcel Bellafule. And you also have Jerron Fairman for the special teams here. The thing that I'm looking at the most here, and this is a position that the Michigan Panthers, I feel like, have struggled with just the last couple of seasons within the USFL, is going to be how the wide receiver room shakes itself out. I think aside from Trey Quinn, who was kind of like all reliable for the Michigan Panthers the last couple of years with no surprise seeing him back I'm very curious to see who winds up stepping up and being a playmaker alongside him consistency drops and just an inability to get on the same page felt like a severe issue for the Panthers the last couple of USFL seasons so with the additions that they have there's a lot to be excited about you first look at Samson Nakua who just off the name alone at 6'3 200 pounds and brother of 2023 NFL rookie sensation Puka Nakua I'm sure has a lot of people looking his way to see if he can match some of the talent that his brother clearly displayed in the NFL. On top of that, you have a guy like Desmond Patman, who, while not maybe getting a bunch of playing time, all the targets in the world and racking up numbers, spent three years in the league with the Indianapolis Colts. You have a guy like Jordan Sewell, who, when you look at just size and just a big man, 6'6", 205 pounds, a deep threat when he was playing for the Southern Oregon Raiders. And then a guy like Devin Gray, one of the star wide receivers last season for the Philadelphia Stars. Again, no pun intended, but with 50, set, 50 receptions and 500 total yards, this is a group that has a lot of potential, but it's a matter of who is going to step up here. And there's a lot of fun names. On top of that, you have a guy like Devin Ross, Marcus Sims, Terry Wright on the roster as well. There is plenty to look forward to, but I think this is one of those things that it must get sorted out if the Michigan Panthers want to compete within the USFL conference. Like I said, it's been an issue for the last couple of seasons and something that has to be addressed and sorted out this coming training camp if they want to compete. 
Next, we'll take a look at the San Antonio Brahmas here, a team that, in my opinion, probably had the largest makeover this past offseason. Them and the Houston Roughnecks, probably the two that got the most changes altogether here. Wade Phillips leading the way as head coach. Mark Lillibridge is your general manager. You have Will Reed as the defensive coordinator. A.J. Smith is your offensive coordinator. And Peyton Party for special teams. This is one that I think is very important, and it honestly has to do with both the left and right side of the offensive line here. I'm looking at the offensive tackle position as a whole, both the left and the right side. When you look at how every single offense gets themselves going in today's NFL, one of the most basic starting points for every single team is making sure you can protect the quarterback. The reason I bring this up is because the San Antonio Brahma's quarterbacks last se- quarterbacks I should say last season because I had a total of 4 of them play were sacked a whopping 26 times, which was the most by any team within the XFL conference this season. So, with that in mind, you have some very big guys coming in and I'm going to be looking forward to seeing who steps up and takes a hold of both the left and right tackle positions. A guy like Darian Parker who is a monster of a man, 6'4", 350 pounds, playing collegiate ball at a big school like Mississippi State, probably one of the heavy favorites here. You have B.J. Wilson, another mountain of a man, Division II guy, 6'6", 340 pounds. He's the very first player from his college of Quincy to be able to sign an NFL contract, so that is a notable thing there. Then you have someone like John Yarbrough, who in 2018 was able to play, and this is a utility guy, someone that you can put in a lot of places here, but I'm sure is going to get his looks at tackle John Yarborough who in 2018 started all 11 games for his college team but played at center right guard and right tackle one thing that I hammer a lot on this show here when I'm talking about offensive linemen is getting guys that can play multiple positions because it just adds to their value on the team even if it doesn't work out at say right tackle for him knowing that you can plug him in potentially at center and right guard this is a huge pickup for the team here but he was also a guy that was named offensive lineman MVP in the FCS National Bowl during that same season of 2018 so this is definitely someone who I think gets some good looks you also have guys like Derek Kelly and Jared Williams from Florida State and Miami, respectively. That is by far one of the more important positional battles here because it's really going to dictate just how effective your offense can be. If the Brahmas can't protect their quarterback again this season, this is another one of those situations where they're going to be toiling at the bottom of the XFL conference and potentially the entire UFL as a whole. You have to be able to protect your quarterbacks, and that was one of the biggest issues with this team last year. And then last, but certainly not least... We're taking a look at the St. Louis Battlehawks here. Anthony Becht is back leading the way. He's got his quarterback. A.J. McCarron is back and set to lead this offense for the 2024 season. Dave Bowler is the general manager. You have Donnie Abraham as the defensive coordinator. Bruce Gradkowski, notable name there if you know who he is, offensive coordinator. And then Kyle Kasky for special teams here. The thing that I am looking at with St. Louis, because somehow, some way, this is going to be an even more threatening unit, and I'm excited to see how it shakes out, is going to be the wide receiver room. So a second wide receiver room that we're looking at here for the training camp. Listen, this was one of the most prolific passing attacks in the 2023 XFL season. A.J. McCarron part of the reason why he was able to be so successful you look at what Hakeem Butler and Darius Shepard were able to do both crossing the 500 yard mark combining for a total of 14 touchdowns between the two 
large reason why they were able to do what they were able to do, manage a 7-3 and record, be able to throw the football with the best of them. But now you see the guys that they added during this past draft season. We're looking at wide receivers Jacor Pearson and Blake Jackson, both coming from Seattle Sea Dragons, two of arguably the top, like, 10 to 15 wide receivers and you could argue Pearson was probably the best amongst them all. Jacor led the XFL with 60 receptions, 670 yards. He also had four touchdowns on top of that in 2023. And then Blake Jackson, not too far behind him, the compliment to Pearson's season, 45 receptions, 470 yards, only a couple of touchdowns there. This is going to be one of the most exciting wide receiver cores in the UFL. I don't know how any secondary, aside from like potentially what the Birmingham Stallions got cooking over there, how anyone's really going to stop this unit. I'm excited to see how the depth chart shakes out. If Pearson maybe leapfrogs either Butler or Shepard. I know, again, those are the two leading guys from last season. But I mean, Pearson showed he's got a lot of talent and he can put up numbers if given the opportunity. I don't know who's going to stop this, but I'm very excited to see what this wide receiver room looks like because you're talking like a three to four headed monster. Never mind some of the other guys with the potential that could potentially jump and leapfrog. Like you never really know, but the headline names in St. Louis are insane. And so if you are anyone rooting for the St. Louis Battlehawks, I think you are in for one hell of a season, especially when it comes to seeing this team throw the football. But those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to the most this upcoming training camp. Again, let me know in the comment section down below. What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? What do you have your eyes on? Let me know in that comment section, my UFL people. But that is it for me, as always. If you made it to the end, greatly appreciate you. I'll see you all next time. Have a good one.